we have entered Lent, that season of 40 days of self-denial for the sake of gaining a greater understanding of the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf, and even if only in the smallest of ways. Christians have for centuries taken this season and used it as an opportunity to adopt a restrictive discipline. And typical choices from things which we abstain are meat and chocolate, coffee, other items that are small daily luxuries. By giving these things or anything else up, we end up tempted to go back on the commitment that we have made. And as I was discussing prior to our service started, in the first day I nearly violated my discipline three times. (laughs) We are trying to maintain, and therefore we are tempted to go back on or to violate our commitments, our intentional abstinence, our discipline. The 40 days of the Lenten fast end up being a small series of tests. Just how committed am I to the commitment that I've made? And in that temptation, we end up facing actually smaller inner temptations, not that which we set up intentionally, but our temptation towards the temptation. When we face the temptation, we decide, as I almost did in my violation, to simply redefine the question. Is my giving up coffee actually an important thing? I didn't pick coffee, by the way, but we'll just use that as an example. Is my giving up coffee actually an important thing? Well, quite simply we can all answer no to our little temptations. Coffee's not all that essential a question. Chocolate's not all that essential a question. Meat's not all that essential a question in and of itself. None of these have true, by themselves, spiritual importance. And before going any, any further with that idea, let's take a moment to review our text from the fourth chapter of the Gospel According to St. Matthew. In our gospel passage, Jesus has just been baptized. He's entered into the wilderness for a period of temptation which lasts 40 days. Just in case you possibly missed the connection, our 40 days of Lent are based on that 40 days in the wilderness and the opportunity to have a small personal simulation of Jesus' 40 days of temptation. Going back to our gospel, Jesus has entered the wilderness for a period of 40 days and faces the temptations that Satan puts before him. First, Jesus is hungry, and Satan says to Jesus, turn these stones into bread. In other words, feed yourself. Going without bread is not spiritually significant. Nobody expects you to starve. It's okay. Just make a little bread. Second, Jesus has given up everything in heaven and made man in order to be in the most humble and poor of circumstances. 
So Jesus, excuse me, so Satan says, I will give you every kingdom and all the riches of the world. In other words, you gave up everything. All I'm doing is restoring what you already have the full rights of owning. Nobody expects the king of creation to be poor and humble. Third, Jesus at this point, except for a couple key people that were there at the baptism, Jesus is at this point unknown. There haven't been any miracles. The people just think he's another regular guy. And Satan says, well, prove yourself. Show the world who you really are. In other words, you've got all the power and the people around here think you're good for nothing but swinging a hammer besides your dad, the carpenter, building up a house or building a little furniture. Display your power. Gain some followers. You came here to convert the world, didn't you? Here's your chance to get everybody's attention. And you see, none of these temptations were actually anything by themselves. Over the next few years, Jesus would miraculously make an unending supply of bread to feed the thousands. Over the next few years, Jesus would demonstrate that he is indeed the king of creation and in his various acts of ministry, both be in both the poorest and the richest of settings. And more importantly, he would claim the very house of the Lord, the temple, as his and in doing so, claim all the riches, all the riches and the lesser kingdoms of the world as being under his domain. Over the next few years, Jesus would perform, perform so many miracles that thousands, literally thousands of people in this tiny nation, thousands of people followed him, and they were even criticized that they were only there for the show to see what Jesus would do next to demonstrate his incredible power and the truth of who he is. You see, nothing that Satan tempted Jesus with was something in and of itself. But here's the thing. The temptations were there to see if Jesus would abandon his discipline. Not just his discipline, but give it up for something so simple and so temporary. Would Jesus trade all he had in the kingdom of God for the quick fix that Satan offered? And that's the real issue with those things that we are tempted with. We look at temptation and prior to actually participating, what we see looks wonderful and irresistible and it causes so much of, so many of us to choose the temptation over God and then we find, in fact, it is a cheap fake and certain disappointment as soon as that initial thrill is over. Satan tempts and tempts, saying that it is not a big deal, it's okay, God will forgive you. And then the moment a person falls to the temptation, Satan begins to accuse, how could you ever do that? That is terrible. What a horrible person you are. God can never forgive that all for something that was only a cheap substitute for the glory and the riches that God really wants for you. A recently heard temptation described as Las Vegas. Not that Vegas is full of temptations, which it is, 
But that wasn't the person's point. The person was that Vegas itself was the grand representation of what temptation is. Temptation is nothing more than a cheap facade, shiny, exciting. It draws you in. But when you look past the glitter and the lights, you see that there is nothing really there. It's all an illusion to get you to let go of what you have so that they can get what they want. Satan is doing the same thing. He throws up the big glittering temptations that simply are not what they appear. All so that you let go of God and turn your attention to the trap of sin. And so every year, we practice obedience in a unique way. We go into our own 40 days, a miniature wilderness that we set up for ourselves and give up something that we know we will be tempted by. It's not spiritually important to give up coffee or chocolate or meat or anything else. That's not why we fast. By committing to the fast, we're making a commitment to God. We fast to learn to say no to temptation. We fast to enhance our relationship and to honor God. We fast because we want to hold on to what is real and not settle for what is only imitation. So the question for us each to answer over the next 40 days is will you fast? Will you practice saying no to what is fake in order to hold on to what is real? Amen.